Thanks for tuning in to the podcast here at joshcolebluegrass.com. We have a uh, tremendous show lined up here today. It's a beautiful day here in the sunny Northwest. We're recording. Uh, we decided to keep it indoors this time, though, because we just had too much to do to mess around with trying to set up all this equipment outside. So uh, we're inside today, but I'm joined here in Air Quote Studios by my good friend, Alfonso. Hey, Fonz, thanks for coming down. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, nothing says bluegrass like rap music. You know? <laughs> I think it's I think it's uh, affectionately called hip hop. <laughs> yes, the, is the true term for that. Yeah, that's I like that one better. You know, you heard that joke, right? When this isn't country, so I'm not trying to insult anybody. But okay. What's that? You know, the, what do you get when you cross rap and country? What? Crap. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, this is uh, as I mentioned before. This is a tremendous show. We have uh, we're very lucky to have our good friend, the one and only Uncle Chippy, the Chipster, has come down to join us now. Um, we've talked a little bit in, in the past for any of you regular listeners. Like Chip is literally the source for my for where I get most of this material. I mean, in fact, all of it. Who am I kidding? <laughs> Every single thing you've heard so far on the program has been courtesy of Uncle Chippy and his dedication to uh, to downloading and cataloging and preserving this music so um we thought what what better thing to do than to have him on the show i mean i really feel like this is the equivalent of like like if this show was about the land of oz for example this would be like if we had oz on the show like sure we've had the tin man and the the scaredy lion came on once but this time we actually have oz on the program so he's glowing he's glowing he's got this glow it's like it's like jedi again i know it comes up a lot on this show (laughs) but it really is. It's the chipster. Well, and so in lieu of this uh, momentous occasion, we went ahead and broke our own rule of uh, having repeat guests earn a theme song. We went ahead and had our music producer, Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo, yes. record a theme song Thank for Chip. You, now, Chip and I are both really, really, really big fans of the Stanley Brothers, so we wanted to do something really special. And we actually sent Joey Jojo back to the year 1955 <laughs> to record in a private session with the Stanley Brothers Uncle Chippy's theme music and with, <laughs> with no further ado here it is 1955 Joey Jojo Jr. with the Stanley Brothers Uncle Chippy, welcome to the show. Welcome to Air Quote Studios for your first time here. We're glad to have you. Welcome aboard. Thanks, boys. I am really honored to be here, and uh, I'm still laughing over the, over the theme music. But uh, well, you can kind of tell. It's luck- a luckily, bit. Colonel Ralph did not hear that. <laughs> you can kind of tell it's from 1955. It's a little bit of the recording quality oh, yeah. is a little. Yeah. Because um, I mean. Well, we used a very technologically advanced time machine to get back there. The, the recording equipment. <laughs> yes. The DeLorean. The DeLorean. DeLorean. <laughs> Remember, 1955. Barryville, Virginia. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> I got to say, though, like that, 
the the theme music almost sounds like it's got some subliminal message in it. I keep hearing Uncle Chippy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's say uh, was that Carter or Ralph doing the Uncle Chippy part? You know, sometime we should have Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo on the show and ask him because I'm not entirely sure. We're also we are also joined here in the studio by. Miss Annabelle Cole and Miss Violet Cole, they're going to be sort of our executive producers for the day, keeping us on track. So uh, we're also joined, of course, in the background uh, by Miss Abigail, but that may not come up. Yeah. Happy birthday, Abigail. Happy birthday, Abigail. Happy birthday, Abigail. Uh, well, without, uh, without any further ado, we're going to let's talk about what we're doing today. We are bringing a very special, a very special show here. This is Doc and Merle Watson. Doc Watson from Valentine's Day of 1971. Oh yes, and this was uh, this is one that I got from Uncle Chippy. This was recorded actually right here in Portland, Oregon, where we record the show here. This is recorded over at Reed College, and uh, as we've kind of been doing, we're going to do this. We're going to break this up into two parts. We're going to do the first half of this show here today, and then maybe we can get Uncle Chippy to come back another time, and we can do the second half and follow up. Sure. But uh, in any event, we're going to uh, start off with a little Doc Watson here. We're going to start out with Traveling Man. Yeah. In the late twenties, I used to hear an old boy named. Luke Jordan, that uh, he did some uh, unusual type ragtime sound with a flat pick on the guitar. And I messed up one of his songs like I do everything else and finger picked it. Can you all hear my guitar well enough? It's just a pinch of dim, seems like. I can hear Merle awful good. If I finger pick something, it might be a little softer. I guess it'll carry, though. We don't want it too loud. It sound amplified then. Well, uh, this song that I used to hear Luke, Luke Jordan do was a favorite of mine. It was a fun song, a little bit of a tall tale type song called Traveling Man. about a man I know His home was down in Tennessee Made his living stealing chickens And everything else he could see One day the sheriff got behind the poor boy He made him take to the road Ain't never been a passenger train That runs so fast that Joe couldn't get on board Look out now, Joe Traveling man Yes, he must have been a traveling man Traveling, a rambling man, he was the swiftest in the land. And gambling, a rambling Joe, they knowed him in every town. He wouldn't stay put, no, he wouldn't give up, and the bet he never settled down. They sent that boy to the spring one day for to fetch a To the house it was uh, 16 miles and a quarter He got the bucket of water all right But thumped his toe and he fell down He run to the house and he grabbed another bucket Caught the water before it hit the ground mm-hmm. He was a traveling man Yes, he was a traveling man Rambling, gambling man He was the swiftest in the land Every town, he wouldn't stay put, no, he wouldn't give up, man. 
but Betty never settled down. up his legs and then he winked one eye and went sailing off through the air faith now traveling man yeah he must have been a traveling man traveling a rambling man he was the swiftest in the land gambling a rambling joe they knowed him in every town he wouldn't stay put no he wouldn't give up and bet he never settled down I'd like to move up to uh, the early 30s and now uh, in the music and do one of the tunes from do one of the blues tunes from the many tunes that the late Jimmy Rogers put together here's one called my good old rough and rowdy way For years and years I rambled I drank my wine and gambled But then one day I thought I'd settle down I met a sweet little lady And she told me that she'd be my baby We built a cottage in the old hometown I can't forget my good old rambling days Now my old freight trains are calling me always I may be rough, 
maybe wild I may act tough, but it's just my style Cause I can't forget my good old rough and rowdy way Sometimes I meet a founder that knew me when I was around her. He'll grab my hand and say, boy, have a drink. We'll go down to the pool room, get in a game and then soon. It's broad daylight and I ain't had a wink. I gotta go to work. I can't forget my good old rambling days. Them old freight trains are calling me always. I may be rough, I may be wild, may act tough, but it's just my style. Cause I can't forget my good old rough and rowdy do a little flat pick tune here for the boys that uh, they like to fool around with the guitars. They'd never let me alone at all if I don't do a couple of those as we go along. And right after this, and I'll get, uh, I'll signal, I guess Pete's still on the, the sound, so he can bring Merle up a little. And in a minute, I'm going to get Merle to do some of that good John Hurt style picking, so you can be ready for that when he comes along. And it's soft, you know, and easy. But I'm loud and don't matter much about me. Everybody can hear me anyway. Merle picks pretty and I pick loud. <laughs> Here's a good old tune, that's a flat pick tune that's been requested more than Aaron, I guess, we've ever picked, and it goes like this. Thank you. 
Appropriate sentiment right there. We just heard Black Mountain Rag, preceded by My Rough and Rowdy Ways, and started off with Traveling Man, Doc and Merle Watson, 1971, Reed College, right here in Portland, Oregon. Can't get much more authentic than that. No, no. And uh, Chip, uh, we were just chatting here uh, during that last music break, and uh, <laughs> Chip was talking a little bit about where some of this material comes from, and I think you had something you wanted to say about where you're Well, uh, yeah, as, as you all probably know, uh, I occasionally do a show here on KBOO. It's called Music from the True Vine, a bluegrass show, and Josh is my companion down there, and they have a vast library, and while I'm cruising through there one day, going through the bluegrass, there was one with a, a handwritten spine on it, and I'm going, well, what's this? And I pull it out, and it's... Doc and Merle Watson, Reed College, 1971. It was apparently recorded by somebody that worked at KBOO, transcribed from uh, a reel-to-reel to, to this disc. And I asked longtime DJs there, and not one of them had ever seen this thing. So it just sort of slipped out of the collection. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's great stuff. It's, uh, I mean, it's not, you know, not real traditional bluegrass in this particular set, but, uh, but I, you really can't talk about the history of bluegrass without talking about Doc Watson. His, uh, his influence on guitar, um, the way he was picking uh, fiddle tunes on the guitar at the speeds he was doing. Um, and, and it's also worth mentioning for folks who may not know, uh, Doc was blind. He, oh, didn't, yes. he didn't even get the use of his eyes to pick that fast. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Just no, he, he learned it all by ear. The, the book I re- read recently, uh, he... He basically guided himself around by his, he called it his sonar. So that's how he learned to get around, to get up stages, to do all that kind of wow, stuff. So, so cool. everything by ear. He seemed like a really cool guy. I got to see him a couple of times, and uh, I was telling Fonz a little bit about this. But when, <laughs> one of the times I saw him, it was great. He, uh, he's referring to himself in the third person. He's like, I'm going to do a song that Doc Watson probably shouldn't do. And then he went on to do Nights in White Satin by the Moody Blues, which he, I mean, he, he was right. He nailed it. You shouldn't, shouldn't have done that one, Doc. <laughs> I was going to ask him, how was it? And, you know, Doc is, could get away with things. It was yeah. tolerable. You'd be like, well, it's okay, Doc. If you say so, Doc. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Good job, Doc. I, oh. I, I saw him one time, and I believe this was probably in 81, 82, and it was supposed to be Doc and Merle Watson. It was at the cellar door which is in Washington, D.C. Some of you great bluegrass fans might know the seldom seen at the live at the cellar door, that, that great album. But uh, And we got there real early. We were sitting basically with our knees touching the little stage that jutted out there. This place only held 200 people, and that's if they were in there basically cheek to cheek, let's put it that way. <laughs> so, uh, and, But Merle didn't show up that night. I mean... Uh-oh. Some of you might know the history of that. Sometimes Merle didn't show up, and the, the crowd got kind of surly because it was a Doc and Merle Watson show, but Doc said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll sit here, and I'll play nothing but requests all night long. And luckily, sitting next to us was this old couple that had come down from West Virginia, driven all the way down, and that lady must have known every old song that Doc Watson knew, and she was peeling out songs, and his eyes He'd go, whoa, okay, <laughs> and he would just and on his banjo and guitar all night long, just one. Rec- we just let her go. Yep, <laughs> keep going, keep going. That's great. I saw him one time, and he was pretty funny. He, re- he, was, he referred to uh, he was telling a story about the family, and he said, "Well, now you know we were all sitting around watching the TV. Well, I wasn't, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he had a great sense of humor, really oh, yeah. entertaining." 
Yeah, really entertaining. Yeah. Like I said, that you know, there's a nice story out of Virginia. You know that we don't get a lot of nice stories out of Virginia. So. <laughs> it's been an ongoing theme on the show here. Virginia just gets a bad rap. You get the what? East Virginia blues. Well, you get yeah. the uh, yeah. blue Virginia blue. I know. Uh, it just seems yeah. like there's a theme. So we're trying yeah. to like really kind of pinpoint like it's what's the going Blue on. Ridge Mountains. Blue, I know. See? see, I know. In fact, that's where Chippy's from. That's so. where I'm from. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, <laughs> well, that's why he's so cool. He's got some insight for us on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, hey, we're going to move on with a little bit more music here. We're going to get going with some more Doc and Merle Watson. This is uh, Valentine's Day, 1971, here in Portland, Oregon. We're going to hear Going Down the Road, Feeling Bad. Oh, Doc. <laughs> Sounds like a great Valentine's tune. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bring your sweetie. Bring your sweetie. <laughs> Two of the best guitar pickers that I ever heard in my life are John Hurt, the late John Hurt, and uh, Limacott. And I tell you, they can solid pick a guitar. They don't play all these your fancy things like you hear a lot of fellas like Doc Watson pick on the guitar. <laughs> but they just play solid, pretty, and honest to goodness, good picking. And Merle can get pretty close to the John Hurt style. I've heard both of them do a tune called Going Down the Road Feeling Bad. I won't do the words the same way that John sang them, but uh, Merle will get pretty close to the John Hurt style on this. I think you'll agree, and I'm not going to pick much on it, but I will sing it. Bluegrass groups do this thing now, speed it up all zippy and call it Lonesome Road Blues.
going down this road feeling bad Bad luck's all I've ever had Going down this road feeling bad, Lord, Lord And I ain't gonna be treated this way to do a couple of old timers now that come from a long time before the phonograph record was thought of or the phonograph or any way of recording of any way. First one is uh, a song that I learned from a lady that lives right near where I do over there in North Carolina. Mr. A.L. Lloyd of London told me once that this old song was made up of bits and pieces of some of the much older English love songs, and this version of it, I guess, is 150 years old. It's called A Roving on a Winter's Night, and then we'll get one of the good old ballads. Now, on these tunes, when they were originally sung, I doubt if there was guitar arrangements to them, because usually the guitar players play that sort of uh, sophisticated music, like Julian Breen plays on the lute, you know, that kind of thing. And if there were guitars, there were very few of them. Anyhow, uh, some of these songs give me a pretty hard time in figuring out a, a lyric that wouldn't sound, I mean, a guitar arrangement that wouldn't sound uh, out of place. And trying to get it to sound uh, simple and country, you know, down to earth so it wouldn't uh, override the song itself. And uh, sometimes I think I did a pretty bad job, but anyway, I had to try. <laughs> Kiss your sweet, sweet. 
Honey, who's going to be your man? ballad was called Geordie. And I also found out when by doing a little research that uh, the version I learned from my father-in-law, except for a couple of lines in one verse, is, is exactly the same as Mr. Cecil Sharp collected in 1917 or 1918 long there. And by doing uh, a little reading in the, the collection of songs that Mr. Sharp collected, we found out that he collected songs in, right in the very area where my father-in-law grew up. Chances are he might have heard uh, my father-in-law's mother sing this. As I walked over London Bridge one misty morning early, I heard some fair young maiden say, Lord, spare me the life of Georgie. Saddle me up my milk-white steed and bridle him so gaily, then I'll ride away to the king's high court and plead for the life of Georgie. So she rode all day and she rode all night till she was wet and weary. Then combing back her long yellow hair, she pled for the life of Georgie. She pulled out a purse all filled with gold just like I've never seen many. And she said, young lawyers, fee yourselves and plea for the life of Georgie. But Georgie rode up and he pled for himself. He says, I never murdered any, but I stole 16 of the king's best deeds. Then I sold them in Runnami. 
been the eldest lawyer at the bar Said, George, I'm sorry for you But your own confession condemns you to die May the Lord have mercy upon you As George was a-walking through the streets He bid farewell to many Then he bid farewell to his own true love Which grieved him worse than any Well, if I was over on yonder hill Where kisses I've had a plenty With my sword and my pistol by my side I'd fight for the life of George Georgie was hanged with a golden cord Just like you've never seen many For he was a member of the royal race And loved by a virtuous lady That was uh, Going Down the Road Feeling Bad a roving on a winter's night, and Georgie, uh, what is a roving? It's <laughs> <laughs> some genuine hillbilly gibberish. Uh, you know, gonna go out a roving, a rambling, a gambling. You know. Oh. You know, right? That was good. That was good, Josh. That, I like. I it. thought it was maybe like a different way of arriving. Arriving on a winter's night. I arrived. I arrived yesterday. <laughs> Something or I don't know, or uh, it could be a Land Rover commercial slogan. <laughs> Land Rover, a roving. Dri- drive us. That's right. Go a roving. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Uh, Doc and Merle picking it. Um, I was talking, to, telling these guys a little bit, but I used to work at this music shop. We had another Doc Watson site in here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, that, that's what this recording was from. It's from Portland in 1971. But uh, this is going back. I don't know, probably maybe eight years ago now. Um, in any event, I was working at this music shop, and uh, it was a pretty high-end acoustic store, and uh, this guy comes in all kind of out of breath and pasty and sweaty, and he's like, <laughs> so we, hey, we just got in, we just, uh, I need to get some guitar glue, uh, I need to fix my guitar, uh, I'm here in town playing with my grandpa, and it turns out he was Doc Watson's grandson, Man. and uh, so we started chatting, and we were, it was like closing time, we were, we were getting ready to leave, so we said, listen, you know, um, we had a separate shop attached to the to the store, and I said, "Listen, you know, we, we can't really do it tonight, but come back tomorrow, and we'll get you hooked up." And uh, and then I looked up, and this is like this is like, I don't usually get starstruck, I don't think, but I it was like a vision or something. Like I looked up, and standing in the doorway is Doc Watson himself. Awesome. I, I almost didn't believe it. I'm like like you know like to do those like double take, like rub my eyes, like, <laughs> is this really happening? And then sure enough, he was right there. He was he was holding on to someone's arm. Get they were just walking around downtown Portland. Well. The next day, I was leaving on vacation, and I was flying out of town, so uh, I missed it, but he came in. They all came down to the store to fix the guitar, and Doc spent like an hour sitting there picking tunes. Wow, uh, they got a bunch of pictures of him. It was it was the wallpaper on the uh, the store computer for a long time. Doc Watson <laughs> sitting in the store picking tunes. And then uh, a great a great part of that story is there's a kid in the next room. We had a separate room with like, guitars on display and stuff, and he told my boss at the time, he's like, that guy's really good. He should record an album. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like, well, yeah, probably, what, like, a 51st awesome. album, a 52nd <laughs> album, yeah. um, he's, he's got a couple. And a couple. <laughs> It'd yeah. be the first of that kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we're just reminiscing about Doc, and uh, 
he just what he just passed away two years ago. Mm-hmm. Bless his heart. Yeah. Whoa. I'm sorry. This keeps coming up too. It just hit me. Doc. 1955. Ooh. <laughs> yes. And there's a, that's another Doc. Doc Emmett Brown, who Uh-oh. discovered time travel when he hit yeah. his head on the DeLorean. bathroom. The DeLorean. And the DeLorean. He did, yeah, you know, if you're going to travel through time, do it in style. He, uh, <laughs> I just thought, just, it just hit me. I'm sorry. Yeah. It has no relevance to the show whatsoever. But, but it can't be a coincidence. <laughs> we had Joey Jojo Jr. went back to 1955 to record that song. Doc Brown invented time travel in 1955, which, which we perfected yesterday. And <laughs> Doc Watson is who's on the show. That's the truth is out there. That's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. Oh, well, hey, we've got a little bit more music for you. And then we have something really special coming up. Uh, after this next set of music, we're going to be having our first ever phone interview. We're going to be talking with... Colby Buswell, who is the, well, I guess as of just a few days ago, he's no longer the president of the Oregon Bluegrass Association. Yeah, get in line. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to make three of us here now. We yeah. have three ex-presidents. I was the president for two years, then Chip was the president for two years, and now Colby's had that title for two years, and he just gave it up last week. Um, Actually, I think I went three, and I think Colby's oh, did you go three? gone into three. Uh-oh. Desperate times or gone. No, actually, his, his was four. I think he had two. Really? Two full terms. Wow. Had, I yep. didn't even know you could do that. They didn't sure. give me that option. Maybe oh, you could. I mean, I, I, I was working into it, but I was in my third year, and I said, no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, don't, I, I believe you get to keep the title, Mr. President. That's right. Yeah. Right, Mr. President? I mean, you don't, you don't say ex-president. Yes. No, no, no. When we go to grass festivals, the Secret Service, we have to keep them back. Yeah, it's embarrassing, really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to have Colby on the line. We're going to chat with him. Colby moved out of state. Where did he go? He went to like Wyoming or Massachusetts Michigan. or Missouri. or Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Michoican. Is, that, is yeah. that Mexico? Michoacan. Yeah. Right. <laughs> South of a border. No, they actually are running a really nice bed and breakfast by the look of the pictures I keep seeing. So. Yeah, it looks great. Oh, nice. It looks great. Colby, we, we poke and make fun just because we're jealous, buddy. Yes. Uh, anyway, we're going to have Colby on the line in the uh, after this next set of music. And uh, Fond, you got the list there. What are we going to start out with? I'm really interested in this one. Uh, it's called Open Up the Pearly Gates for Me. There you go. The silence after that. <laughs> said it all. <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, I just said I was interested. When I think of this next song, I always, when I hear it or play it, it always brings to mind one of them old-time Southern Methodist or Baptist preachers, and I can picture three or four fellows in his congregation that are just a little bit more worldly than they ought to be. They've been out into some devilment, you know. And he's going to try to get a little message across to them without getting them all mad at him, and maybe they'll listen to him and think, well, maybe he's a pretty good old boy. We'll listen to him, I guess. And it's called Open Up the Pearly Gates for Me. I'll get commercial right here and plug a record that was released with me and Merle picking on it about sometime in September. It's... Uh, called Doc Watson on stage featuring Merle Watson and Merle does some right good picking on there. I don't brag on me none because I made a whole lot of mistakes on it. But I had a good time. It's a live album uh, and I tell a few lies on there along with the picking. That song Open Up the Pearly Gates goes like this. Listen, all you sinners, if you want to go to heaven, heaven, you better get right down on your knees and pray. All you gambling sinners, 
you'd better quit saying 7-Eleven. You better get ready for to meet that judgment day. Open up them pearly gates. Open up them pearly gates. Open up them pearly gates for me. When you hear that trumpet blast, I'll be coming home at last. Open up them pearly gates for me. I've done had a vision. I've seen them pearly gates closing and I've seen you sinners all outside. You'd better make your decision and pray that you'll be chosen, chosen. It'll be too late when you've laid down and died. Open up them pearly gates. Open up them pearly gates. Open up them pearly gates for me. When you hear that trumpet blast, I'll be coming home at last. Open up them pearly gates for me. to that chicken roost then ask yourself an honest question and the good lord's gonna know it if you lie you'd better turn all them chickens loose so you're gonna die from indigestion when you eat that stolen chicken pie open up them pearly gates open up them pearly gates open up them pearly gates for me when you hear that trumpet blast i'll be coming home at last open up them pearly gates for me Take that old keg of gin and dump it every bit right in the river And don't you let old Satan stay your hand For if you fill it up again It's gonna eat a hole right in your liver And the gates won't open when you reach that promised land Open up them pearly gates Open up them pearly gates Open up them pearly gates for me When you hear that trumpet blast I'll be coming home at last Open up them pearly gates for me About 1939, excuse me, must have been something I had. <laughs> Long about 1939, 38, 39, there was an old boy named Roy Acuff started uh, playing country music at a big place in Knoxville called the Kaz Walker Store, and they did a live broadcast from there, and all at once he went down to the Grand Ole Opry and got started down there. Shortly thereafter, he done a, a song, I don't think the original recording with the Roy Acuff band was sung by Roy Acuff, I forgot the boy's name, sung it. He done a song called The Streamline Cannonball. Now, it's all about a train, but the way Roy sung it, a lot of the country songs back then were put in a sort of easy tempo. Roy sung this sort of, she moves along like a cannonball, like a star in its heavenly fly. Well, uh, sometime after that, old Doc Watson got to picking that song a little bit, and he decided that if it's going to be about a train called the Streamline Cannonball, it ought to be a little bit zippy, you know, the way the, the, way the train would go along. So, I'll get commercial for just one second. We did an album called Doc Watson in Nashville, and uh, I had a bunch of boys picking on there along with me. Uh, oh, man, 
And there was a banjo player on there, Mr. Uh, Don Stover from somewhere in West Virginia. I've forgotten the name of his hometown over there. That done a break on that that sounded right pretty to me. Merle wasn't picking the banjo at that time. I see. How long has it been since we've done that record? Four years. And Merle's been picking the banjo a year and a half. But we let him pick on the next half, I promise you. I wouldn't pick no banjo because I'm ashamed of my banjo picking after he started. But anyhow, the streamline count on the ball, the way I, I pick it goes sort of like this. The way I mess it up, I better change that right quick before I get into it. Long steel rail and a short cross tie. I'm on my way back home. I'm on that train, the king of them all, that streamline cannonball. She moves along like a cannonball, like a star in its heavenly flight. The lonesome sound, the whistle you love, as she travels through the night. The headlight beams out through the night And the firebox flash you can't see I ride them blinds, it's the life that I love Lord, it's home sweet home to me Along like a cannonball Like a star in its heavenly flight The lonesome sound and the whistle you love As you travel through the night I can see a smile on the engineer's face And although he's old and gray A contented heartbeat waits for his call On that streamline cannonball Moves along like a cannonball Like a star in its heavenly flight A lonesome sound on the whistle you love As she travels through the night As she travels through I'll do a couple of the early things by the late Delmore Brothers to end off the set because I bet there's a couple of boys here that's heard some of the Delmore Brothers picking. I'll do one of their sort of uh, blues songs if I don't forget the words to it. They ain't been over this in a month of Sundays and I bet I forget half of it. It's called, You're Gonna Be Sorry For What You Done. What you're doing, leaving me here alone, and I don't feel like living just knowing you'll be gone. You're gonna be sorry for what you've done. You say you love another, but I know you love well. 
Someday you'll be thinking of someone besides yourself You're gonna be sorry for what you've done I went to my fortune told and what that gypsy told me lord it grieved my weary soul you're gonna be sorry for what you've done that gypsy told me darling we'd always be apart i still love you truly but you have broke my heart you're gonna be sorry for what you've done don't know what you're doing, leaving me here alone, and I don't feel like living, just knowing you'll be gone, you're gonna be sorry for what you've done. We just heard You're Gonna Be Sorry for What You've Done, preceded by the streamlined Cannonball, and we opened up that part with Open Up the Pearly Gates for Me. Oh, Doc Watson, playing and singing. Gotta <laughs> love it. Uh, Doc and Merle from 1971, right here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, this is actually just part one of, uh, of a two-part show. This set goes on for quite a while. We're going to feature that again and have Uncle Chippy come out one more time and join us for that. Yes. Um, but we're real excited. We're going to have a new segment on the show. For our first time ever, we're going to have a phone interview. We're going to be talking with our good friend Colby, who uh, has up until real recently been the president of the Oregon Bluegrass Association for like 12 years or something like that. And so we're going to go <laughs> ahead and we're going to bring on Colby. we got Colby on the line. Colby, can you hear us? Are you there? I can hear you. All right. Well, that's a good start. Uh, hey, Colby, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. Now, um, for the viewers who may not know, Colby lived here for a real long time, um, became, the, like we said, the president of the Oregon Bluegrass Association, and then ultimately ended up moving out of state. He now lives in Missouri, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Michigan. Oh, oh Michigan, Michigan. Oh, yeah. Um, so what was, uh, Colby, what drove you, uh, what made you retreat to Michigan? Uh, it had everything to do with a woman. Um <laughs> That sounds like a bluegrass song right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, she uh, she grew up in this area, and her uh, her uh, stepdad now uh, owns a bed and breakfast, and they needed somebody to run it. And, uh, nice. She asked me, and but yeah, we got uh, we got engaged last uh, almost two years ago now, and uh, got married last year at the B and B. Yeah. Now we're here running. Nice. Well, congratulations, of course, on uh, on that. It sounds like a life promotion in general, as opposed to just being a volunteer president for the Oregon Bluegrass Association. <laughs> um, do, you, do you still get a Bluegrass Express? That's my question. I do. I think I'm a I'm a lifer so far. I, I just mean, does it actually get to you when you when you once you moved? Uh, yeah, I right. gave uh, I gave our awesome membership director my new address. And, 
Well, you're doing better than me. I didn't give him my new. Ad- I didn't give him my new address, and I'm pissed that he hasn't sent me my episodes, my my magazines. Oh, uh, so yeah, we. Had- uh well yeah probably but you know not not right now um we, we were talking a little bit both colby uh colby chip and myself had a runs as uh president for the oregon bluegrass association um leading the organization now for a little while i did two years chippy you said you did three years colby yeah. how long how long did you how long were you the president uh i was pressed for four i think vp for two two and a half prior to that that's yeah, it's, it's all your all that's... your guys <laughs> no, no. I told I told them all we were got together recently that the the one good thing I did for the OBA was getting you into it. That's true. That's true. And I was actually telling these guys a little bit, Colby. I was telling them about the sort of the uh, unique angle that you're just uh, came on the scene. Like you, you know, you you started coming to gigs, started coming to shows. You didn't play, weren't in a band, but just just a champion for the music. And how I mean, and I say this like sounds like I'm exaggerating, but literally, uh, the Portland bluegrass scene is a big part what it is due to your efforts and your hard work. So we all appreciate that. Sweet, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So easy to get involved. I, I mean, I definitely started with bluegrass and liking the music, and then the community is uh, is, is pretty damn amazing. Everybody was so nice to me and yeah. uh, welcoming. Yeah. So. so I think Fonz has a question for you here. We got Fonz sitting here as well as my friend, uh, as well as Chippy. So Fonz, you got something to say? Hey, hey, Colby, I was wondering, you know, with this unique angle, you know, it looks like you were, I guess, typical politics, you know, where you were plugged in, so somebody helped you out to get in. So. Are, do you plan to try to use your power from here in Portland, Oregon, to run for the Montana Bluegrass Association? The uh, Michigan Bluegrass Association? Oh, yes, Michigan. Sorry. I thought it was Massachusetts. Uh, I know, right? There's one or two more end states that we could throw in here. But, um. we're, we're, trying to remember, we're trying to remember them all, so help us out. Yeah, we're going back and forth. There are already two existing bluegrass associations uh, in the east and the west here in Michigan, and they're both two hours away. I am going to actually do house concerts instead, so we're going to use this bed and breakfast, this beautiful bed and breakfast, and we've got our first house concert uh, May 1st. Nice. So. That's exciting. What's uh, So just for the listeners, because we do actually, uh, again, sounds like I'm exaggerating, but we actually do have a lot of people that listen to the show. <laughs> What's the name of the bed and breakfast that you're running? Yes. It's uh, Sunset Cove Bed and Breakfast. And that's located in Maine? It's in, yeah, Pinckney, Michigan. <laughs> Michigan, yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, one more state, I think. All right. <laughs> so I, uh, I only really have one more question for you. Just real cut and dry. Yes or no, like, is the bluegrass better here or there? And you can be honest. The listeners deserve an honest answer on this one. Yes. Like I, I would say it's better there. Yes. I would, in my defense, I, I have not. I have not gotten out much to uh, compare it. But I, from my current experiences, I would say the the community and everything was better there. But I hope to uh, rival you guys at some point. Yeah, you could uh, bring together the east and the west. Unify them. You know, yeah, bring in really good bluegrass from the west into Modesto. <laughs> that's not even a state that's not even a state it's in the land of 
it's close to Fresno, I think. <laughs> that's a magical place. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Well, Colby, I really do appreciate you uh, taking your time and talking with us here on the program. Uh, we do miss you horribly out here. I'm sorry I wasn't able to come to the OBA meeting last week where you were stripped of your title of president. <laughs> but we do miss it you was, out here, buddy. Yeah, I miss you guys, too. They gave me a stein instead of a plaque, so oh. I was thankful that it was useful for <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Yeah, I found that plaque when I moved this last time. I found my plaque. and I, Ooh, I forgot about this. Cool. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, Colby, thanks again. Uh, good luck with the bed and breakfast. And what's uh, who's the first house concert you're having? Who, is it Bluegrass? Tell me it's, it's Bluegrass. Uh, Mark, it's Mark Lavengood. Uh, he actually plays with Lindsay Lou in the flat bellies. They play, they play in Portland every February. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, nice. Uh, doing a good, nice. First solo album, so he's kicking off his uh, solo tour. What's the name of that? Just go ahead and say the name of that that uh, bed and breakfast one more time. Sunset Cove Bed and Breakfast in Pinckney, Michigan. And I can only assume you must have a website. Yeah, sunsetcovebedandbreakfast.com. It's a long one. There it is, folks. Check it out. If you're out that way, you can go in and stay with Colby and enjoy some hospitality and some music. Colby, thanks again for real for. Uh, for talking with us and taking your time. Thanks, Colby. Nice meeting you, man. man. It's an honor. It's see an you honor. In, Thank you, too. See you in July. I'll see you in July, man. Hopefully see you both in July. Yeah. We'll make it happen. I'm not going to go to the Nickel Creek show, though. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Colby. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Cheers. All right. Bye. Oh, well, there it was. Colby Buswell, the... President of the Oregon Bluegrass Association. Well, if I can't say ex-president, Fonz, what can I say? How do I, how it's do just we? President. It's just president. It's just president. Oh, we forgot to ask him who the new president was. Oh, darn. Oh, yeah. Well, on the next episode, the next episode when we have Chip back, we'll get Colby on the line and we'll ask him, hey, Colby, we forgot no, to ask you. You got to leave him hanging a little bit so they come back to the show. That's right. <laughs> so. That's right. Well, uh, as usual, I want to thank Fonz for coming down and, uh, and playing radio with us here. I want to thank Uncle Chippy for coming Genuine down. Genuine pleasure, fellas. Genuine pleasure. And on that note, folks, get out and enjoy some live bluegrass. Yes.